Welcome to another episode of When Fear Reigns, where we talk about living your faith in a secular world. I'm Ben Workentine, uh, Dr. John Paul sitting across the table from me, and today we want to tackle a real heartbreaker. For many, this topic will be close to home and represent a lot of emotions, a lot of maybe trauma or struggles in your family. If it doesn't for you, this conversation will be good preparation because chances are good you'll be presented with a chance to live out this problem that we're going to be talking about. The question we want to dig into is the difference between acceptance and affirmation or approval. All right, before we get into the scenarios, John, um, although I want to talk about some of those, uh, would you agree that acceptance is a foundational term for our culture today? Yeah, I would. Uh, It depends, though, what acceptance you're talking about. A lot of times people will define acceptance differently. There's there's legal acceptance. We would agree everyone is uh, accepted underneath the law. You don't want to say certain groups of people, the law applies to them and certain groups don't. We we all think that's injustice, and it is. Or social tolerance is the idea that yeah, we, we, we want to make sure everyone has equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. We certainly want that. Where we come into problems today is intellectual tolerance. Uh, that That's the where people say you, you have to accept someone's belief regardless if it's what you believe is right or what you think. Somehow you mm-hmm. have to accept it. And and the problem is this acceptance today in that area is affirmation of someone's lifestyle. You, you may not believe it's good. You may accept that person as a person of value, but instead you also are being told, well, you have to also accept their lifestyle. And and just understand, Christians won't do that, and that's why often we're considered to be intolerant. Mm -hmm. Jesus would not believe that everything and everyone was right. He he did not muddy the waters between acceptance and affirmation. Those are two different Two different animals. Yeah. The Bible holds that there is, you know, you know, I both know that there's right and wrong, there's sin and grace, there's true and false. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, it's wildly, I think everyone would say, it's wildly intolerant to say that today. Some would say bigoted or mean or racist or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. to say those things. Uh, but that's precisely uh, where we see a, a cultural divide, both wide and, and superficial. Um, not only do many confuse what I would say acceptance and affirm- with affirmation, but they also confuse intellectual tolerance with legal and social tolerance, something we just mm-hmm. talked about before. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if someone came up to you, and, Ben, and said, hey, the best way, and I've heard this this application, and I think it's a, a, a very apt one, the best way to go ahead and optimize the performance on your incredible uh, MacBook Pro, which I'd advise everyone to have, is to go ahead and remove any antivirus protection, knock down the firewall, you know, um, Go ahead and open up every email attachment yeah, yeah. you have, and download as much free software as possible. Even though you never heard of those sites, uh, you know that wouldn't be very smart. Uh, I could easily be tolerant of that person legally, not to mention relationally, without buying into what he said was the optimize the best way for me to you know uh, help the performance of my computer. Uh, I would neither affirm, I don't think, or agree with the handling of internet, much less my computer in that way. In other words. I can hold a value that other people have the right to their beliefs without believing that all of those points Mm -hmm. are valid Mm. or be compelled to uphold the pursuit of such beliefs. Now, we can be more aggressive about this. What what are you talking about? What about when you're talking about in favor of a particular position? Think of evangelism. Um, You know, uh, this is is another big cultural divide. Some would say that being an evangelist is the ultimate affront to the uber virtue of tolerance. Mm. Do you ever think about mm-hmm. that when you and mm-hmm. I say, well, Jesus is the way? They're like, oh my gosh, what do you say? We just talked mm-hmm. about this, in mm-hmm. fact. Uh, but again, they are not thinking through what they mean of tolerance. I, you've heard of Penn Gillette, right? The real famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Penn and Teller. Penn, Penn and Teller, yeah, right. Yeah. And he's the one that talks, the, the yeah. Las Vegas comedian who is a well-known atheist, outspoken atheist. 
I always use this quote and I've written it in my notes. He says this, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there is a heaven and hell and that people could go to hell or not get into eternal life or whatever, and you think that, well, it's not really worth telling them this is because it would be socially awkward, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much do you have to hate someone not to proselytize? Mm -hmm. How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and then not tell them that? I mean... If I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, but that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I would tackle you. And this is more important than that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Mm -hmm. You think about it. He's right. He's right. Now, that doesn't mean our culture gets it. In fact, let's face it. It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) So, I mean, those are the different views. The the other thing I I think that we have to talk about in the same realm is when you talk about acceptance— um, the new apologetic, which you and I like to talk mm-hmm. about a lot, new mm-hmm. apologetics is personal fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the same, same case where they say, in that case, no one should, for example, no one should be lonely. So whatever fills that loneliness gap should be affirmed. You can't say it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you have to accept it and it, can't, it has to be affirmed. That's the rationale with gay marriage or living together or whatever. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, I can accept you as a person, and I do I believe you have all the rights underneath the law and social mm-hmm. rights and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I affirm or support your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a key. Mm-hmm. And that gets Christians in trouble. And it's going to continue in our current climate to get Christians mm-hmm. in trouble because we do believe there are certain things that are wrong, right and wrong, right. sin and grace. Right. So, I mean, bringing that into some of these scenarios, I don't. it's probably not helpful for us to go through every possible. There's so many variables and variations. What is your relation? You know. Man, you can you can really get into the weeds there. But I do want to kind of help somebody who's maybe struggling to think through this. What are some of the questions they should, as they're approaching this uh, scenario where they're going to be asked to differentiate between acceptance and affirming, what are some of the questions they should be asking yeah. along the way? Yeah, I, again, I would go back to something we've said many times in the podcast, recommending uh, Greg Kokel's book. That's K-O-U-K-L. It's going to be a spelling test every episode yeah. here. Um, tactics book, he always recommends three questions. Because when you're asking people questions, you get a chance to know who they are rather than just giving them statements, which often builds walls and then people don't have any conversation at all. But you're asking questions, you also get to know that person's story and it's hard to hate a person whose story you know a little part of. Mm -hmm. So um, his three questions are, okay, what do you mean by that? So, you know, when people say, or or can you give me more insight? Like, what do you think about this? Okay, help me. What, what, What are you talking about? I think sometimes we just jump to conclusions and talk past one another or we're we're down some area and the guy said, well, I'm not even talking about that. The second question is, okay, how'd you come to the conclusion? Why do you think that is right? Why do you think that is the right thing to do or the right choice to make or the right option to take? And then at that point, the Christian can say, listen, have you ever considered this is why I believe my side? Well, now you have a decent foundation through which and with which you can have a discussion. You know, listen carefully to what people have to say. I, I think that's that's of vital importance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you can say, well, this is what this is what I believe God's word says at this point. And they may say, well, I don't believe in God's word. And then you can talk about uh, different standards and talk about right or wrong. And then, uh, okay, you can certainly be a moral person not believing in God's word, but you probably can't justify the standard by which you live. Sure. So uh, h- how do you do that? So I think it's it's all about asking questions listening carefully, earning the right to be heard. And then remember, it's not a debate. I'm not trying to win win an argument. I'm trying to um, 
maybe expose a soul for the first time to Jesus' gospel mm-hmm. and let Jesus take over from there, obviously. Th- those are the things I, I try to do when you talk about God-pleasing situations. Now, if I'm talking to a Christian, uh, I'm, I'm assuming right now we're talking to probably someone who's not. Later on, we can probably talk about if you're talking to a Christian, what do you do with that? Sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, as a, as a person who's making a decision, you know, I think having those questions in hand, helping me think through what's the best way to go through this scenario, um, some of those principles, and you've hit on them, you know, wanting to be an ambassador for Christ. Uh, you, you don't want to be unnecessarily antagonistic, but you also don't want to be um, overly affirming or, you know, just pretending like the truth doesn't matter or that right and wrong don't exist. Uh, so those principles of uh, are so critical, kind of start from there, start that conversation with where would the Bible, where would Jesus have me stand as I talk to this person? Um, and part, a big part of that is where is the person I'm talking to? Are they a believer? Are they a non-believer? And that's what you're, you know, what, what you're talking about here. Because um, if they're a believer, if that person, you know, I'm going into a difficult scenario where I have to walk the line between acceptance and affirming with a believer, that's a different way, different line that I walk than with an unbeliever. Right, talk you have a foundation on one of those. Yeah. So if they're, if I'm talking to a fellow believer, we can go back to God's word, open that together, and say, what does God have to say about this choice you're making, this lifestyle, this, you know. Um, Whereas you're, you're probably giving that information for the first time to someone who's not a, a Jesus follower right. and saying, here's why I choose something opposite that you're advocating. Right, right. Yeah, you're opening that up and you're you're not expecting them to have followed well, God's no. design for that and scenario. I, I don't expect them to know God's word if they haven't right. read it. Right, exactly so I, right. I'm, I'm using my opportunity to share it. Yeah. As opposed to the Jesus follower, I'm reminding you of something you're either ignoring on purpose or maybe you genuinely forgot because you go only when there's snow on the tree. <laughs> and there's eggs underneath in a basket. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's staying connected. And I think that's such a big part of this, too. It's hard to have a biblical view on the distinction between acceptance and affirmation when you're not even sure what God would say on that, or you're not sure what God would, how God would interact with that that scenario or that sin maybe it is or that those choices. Man, you got to be rock solid on that. Um, I've heard you just recently, I think it was in a Q&A after a worship service, kind of walk through a scenario. I want to bring it here to When Fear Reigns to the podcast and just help us as an example, help us think through, walk us step-by-step through the scenario a Christian might go through when trying to figure out, should I go to my cousin's lesbian wedding? Yeah. Okay. What is that? Am I supporting, am I affirming? Or fact, like, how does that, was it, maybe standing up is yeah, a little bit different, I yeah. think. By, about a year ago, I think we did a series called Google It. Yeah. And yep. we address this very topic on it. You know, just again, it's it's key to understand when you're talking about this, um, when we're talking about acceptance of people, it seems like we're watering down God's stance on this issue, but you need to listen very carefully. Acceptance, again, is not the same as affirmation. It's not the same as approval. Jesus' Jesus' whole ministry is marked by radical acceptance. Yeah, I mean, think yeah. of who he hung out with. Sinners he reached out to all kinds yeah. of people, yeah. but never at the expense of the truth. He came with grace and truth. So the, the matter, I always say, uh, the truth is is no matter what sexual sin you're talking about, whether it's sex before marriage or living together before marriage or adultery or addiction to porn or many of us, let's face it, are, are broken sexually or marred in some way sexually. We all need healing and health and wholeness and, and redemption that, by the way, can only come from ultimately. People try to look at it from a bottle or a Visa card or a mm-hmm. pill or a, mm-hmm. or a syringe or something. It's not going to happen. Uh, you and I are no different than the rest of anybody else struggling with temptations and desire. Uh, we've all failed in those areas. Christ is working in all of us. And that's why I've said many times to St. Mark, hey, welcome to people in process. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of used-to-bes here or <laughs> wannabes here, yeah. so that's fine. So 
I always tell people if you're if you're a person who's struggling with like same sex addi- addiction or uh, sexual sin, living together before marriage or whatever it is, listen. My invitation is to join us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hear what God has to say. We're not going to rationalize away your sin. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let you justify your choices. We're going to give you God's word and, and go ahead and take our junk and go directly to Jesus for forgiveness and ask him to increasingly make us the people he, he wants us to be. Now, I know that's kind of a long, sorry, long lead <laughs> to your, your question, but I thought it's important. Now, yeah. here's a quicker. Now, when people say, is it okay to go to that same-sex wedding? Now, that's not the same thing as you just said before you alluded to, to participating in one. Yeah. Participating in a same-sex wedding clearly means you're lending support. Yeah. Being involved in a way that is to bring it about. Biblically, I think that's something that Jesus follower cannot do. You just you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're going ahead and do that. But what about attending? Let's say you have a a gay friend or a family member, a niece, invited you to their wedding. Mm-hmm. Do you attend? Romans chapter fourteen, verse fourteen and twenty three teaches that you're not to do anything contrary to your conscience. If you are convinced that it would be wrong for you to attend the ceremony, then it'd be wrong for you. On the other hand, if you're convinced that it's okay, you could something you can do in good conscience and attend the ceremony. Your attendance, and this is the key I always try to tell people, your attendance or absence from the ceremony is not the most important matter here. More important is what you communicate to your family member about your presence or absence. And I'm going to say that again. Yeah. The most important thing is what you communicate to that family member or your friend about your presence or absence. If you choose to attend, you can explain that you came because you love, let's say her, let's mm-hmm. you love her, not because you agree with the action she has taken. If you choose not to attend, you can explain that you wrestled with it to show love to her, but also you wanted to stand up for the truths of scripture. And so you, you said for you, it was settled by not attending. But you have to clearly communicate that so that you don't send a message you don't want sent, and God mm-hmm. certainly doesn't want sent. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, I know that there'll be people listening to me thinking, well, automatically can't go. Mm-hmm. Automatically can go. Um, again, I always encourage people to have at least five friends who aren't Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how are you going to let your light shine? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how are you going to reach out to them and influence them for Christ if they already know Jesus? Right, right. So I think, I mean, you're talking about, you said a person could decide to go, a person could decide not to go in that particular scenario. And I think a lot of these, there's a lot of right answers as long as you're doing it prayerfully with the glory of God in mind and you're communicating clearly. So I want you to give advice, you know, John Parlo decides to go to this niece's wedding, this lesbian niece's wedding, I, just a hypothetical, yep, right? Yep. How do I as a Christian watching John Parlo see him go to this lesbian wedding? What advice do you have for me watching that? I'm thinking of my tendency is going to want to judge. And if I, especially if I disagreed with your decision to think, oh, J- Pastor Parlo, John Parlo is doing something wrong here. Talk to me as the person kind of watching a Christian wrestling through this. I would say if you're bothered by that, why don't you go ahead and talk to that person rather than talk about that person? <laughs> it's always good advice, that yeah, one. <laughs> it's always good advice, that one is. Um, and again, I, I would go through the Romans 12. You don't want to do anything against your conscience. And so uh, you don't know the whole backstory. You don't know the whole story. Yeah. That's the one yeah. thing I've learned through ministry is you don't know the whole picture and yeah. why that person is doing that. And maybe uh, that person's uh, going there because they're, they're starting to have some connection with that or, or it's just... It's the best thing they can do to be a light for Christ. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not going there for that very reason, too. Mm-hmm. I, I've had uh, members do, uh, partners do both things in both those cases. You want to speak the truth in love, certainly, at all times, um, especially if your friend thinks you made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you thought they made the wrong decision. You sit down and go, hey, you know what? Help me with this. How are we going to work through this? Um, and if, if they, let's say, this is a whole other area. Um, let's say they're involved in some other sin that you knew was wrong, and they knew was wrong, and you went through this stuff. Remember, in Second Thessalonians, it talks about being treating people as a brother or sister in love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please try to 
rather than I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's sometimes easier for some people than others. Yeah. But uh, I just think if we understand, you see people as souls and souls matter and souls are eternal. Let's make sure that we treat people as if, I always look at people, even people I disagree with, and sometimes you know me, it's hard for me. Not <laughs> There's to more than one ahead. person that yeah. you've disagreed with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not want to punch them in the face. Uh, obviously no partners the same mark. Yeah. But, um, or associate pastors. Or associate. <laughs> well, I can't, okay, no, okay. Can't promise that. <laughs> no. But the audio guy here is really good. I'd never hit him, Anthony. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I, I think you have to look at, that's a person for whom Jesus died. Yeah. And I'm just as flawed as that person, uh, probably in different ways. That's taken me some years of Christian maturity <laughs> to get to. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Sometimes I'll even say that in my head yeah. when I'm talking to yeah. someone. Remember, it's the person Jesus died for and st- rather than, uh, I don't like this person at all. <laughs> or I hope this person's in heaven. I just don't want to spend any time with him yeah. on earth. Yeah. Right. And that kind of stuff. So I think you do all those things. And the biggest thing, as I said in the very beginning, is make sure you sit down with someone and you say, you know what? Did you think that was really the wisest thing to yeah. do? And maybe the person in hindsight goes, ah, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. who of us hasn't done yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, as a pastor, there's a whole bunch of things that go back and go, uh, as a parent, <laughs> as a parent, yeah. there's a whole bunch of things that go, oh, was I ever a jerk? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot in my life. I was a jerk. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have yeah. said this. I shouldn't have written this. You know, I'm like, oh, anybody ever sent an email or a text that said, oh, yeah, and it yeah. haunts you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll never do that again. And then you do it again. <laughs> you know, it's like, so we've all been there. So I'm trying to give grace to people going, oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Don't do that. And why? Because I have. Yeah. So if you have a brother that you're not really sure he's done something wrong, and I've, I've benefited from brothers in the ministry, fellow pastors said, oh, John, why'd you do that? Why did you yeah. think that was good? Yeah. And then I, sometimes I was like, here's why. And they said, okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Other times it was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and I think, you know, to be able to, as we all have, look back at those situations that maybe I would have made a different decision and know that that's redeemed by Christ too. You know, that's, I I made a decision, hopefully I did it in the best way that I possibly could. Um, You know, I did it prayerfully and with these principles and questions in mind, there are times when I make a snap decision or I make it ill-informed. Yeah. Um, And I I just, I, I go back and I think that was, that was a, Poor decision, but I'm still redeemed. I'm still loved by yeah, God. Yeah, Ben, what would you say to the person who, yeah, who messed up and you look back? And not just pastors, because <laughs> I'm sure you don't ever mess up. No, of course not. Yes. I mean, I, I think that's a place where, again, that, that brother or sister in faith coming to you and saying, hey, what about this? Walk me through that decision. You say, that was a dumb decision. It's really nice to have that person then say, you know what? God forgives you for that. You walk in peace with God, even still in the midst of that. Um, let's walk away from that decision. What do we learn? You get another scenario that comes up like that. How are you going to approach that yeah. differently? But ultimately, it stays there at the cross and it is buried in the empty yeah, tomb. For, forgiveness matters. Yeah. That's the key words. Forgiveness matters. I always, the two passages I like the most is uh, Psalm 103, which people really should read for themselves when they feel like they did something that God could never forgive mm. or they are difficult, have difficulty forgiving someone else or just the power of forgiveness. David's Psalm in Psalm 103 is just, you know, he removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. Yeah, what a yeah. word picture that is. And there's a number of word pictures there. And then having a son named Micah, Micah chapter 7, where God takes your sin and buries it in the deepest ocean and yeah. in a sense posts a no fishing sign. <laughs> if he's not fishing it up and snagging it just to throw it back in your face, you shouldn't do either. Now, the devil will try to do that. Yes, he will. That's the biggest thing I think people have to understand. Devil's real. And he loves to remind you of sins of your past. 
I mean, none of us wants high school and college to count. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, certainly. I, I look back and go, boy, I give a lot of credit to my professors and the deans of the colleges and prep schools I went to thinking, that guy's actually going to turn out. <laughs> Talk about men of great faith. But that's my point. Forgiveness is the real key. And understand it applies to you just as it applies to others. Good. Yeah. And that's really the engine that continues to fuel the Christian's life. It's that contrition and repentance and that forgiveness that fills our tanks. Yeah, good. These kinds of questions are not easy. They're multifaceted and have a ton of things to take into consideration. Lots of principles, knowledge, but it's also relationships, culture, emotion. If you're facing a dilemma where you want to show love without showing approval or acceptance without showing affirmation, we're praying for you. That's not easy. We've lived there. We've talked about that. We've we've been in that place. Uh, so we're praying for you and, and uh, hope that God gives you guidance. Uh, if you're willing to honor us with a story about your decision you have faced or are facing, we'd love to encourage you in our Facebook group. It's a closed group. It won't go out to Facebook in general or the, the wider audience on Facebook, but just the people who are our uh, listeners and subscribers to this podcast. It's a wonderful community of people who are looking to build each other up. John, knowing that uh, these are difficult, different, difficult decisions, would you maybe just close us out with prayer for those who are maybe facing really tough decisions on this? Sure, sure. Lord, first of all, thank you for the faith that binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ, a faith in Jesus that saves, that guides, that motivates, that gives us that forgiveness that is so greatly needed. Uh, Lord, continue to, to help all of us to look to your word first and foremost as we, uh, as we strive to be light and salt in this world. And as we do so, help us to understand our own brokenness and need for your forgiveness and guidance. Uh, Lord, as we... Uh, as we work with people, help us to always recognize, first and foremost, they're people for whom you died. And let's move on from that point, then sharing God's word as as we have opportunity. Let's realize, please, Lord, that it doesn't have to all be done in one sitting in a coffee shop, but rather help us to earn the right to be heard, to go ahead and, and be the, the hands and feet of Jesus, that, that we might be able to go ahead and share God's truth. And when we have messed that up, when we have failed to share truth, when we have capitulated to culture, uh, please remind us that in you we have forgiveness that enables us to speak boldly the next time you give us that opportunity. Help us to continue to look at people caught up in sin as not the enemy, but rather the mission field. Bless our, bless our ministries, all in your name. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, praying for you, and we'll see you next time on When Fear Reigns, where we talk about how to live your faith in a secular world. 